Welcome to Not Another Football Podcast, the football podcast by fans for fans. What's going on, everybody? We're your hosts, Greg Curtis and Mike Champagne, and this is episode 15. Wow, it's a lot of episodes. I know. I was telling Camille last night, I was like, wow, I can't believe we made it to 15. I know. I'm surprised you haven't kicked me off yet. <laughs> uh, so how was your Thanksgiving, dude? Oh, man, it was good. Um, it was good. Got to hang out with Naira's parents and her sisters. Uh, man, they make the best food. It's like hands down. It's just so good. It's so good. And uh, man, what I, kind I'm of food is it your traditional Thanksgiving or what do they do? Yeah, So they do traditional Thanksgiving, but they also have a Brazilian twist. So we had um, rice and beans in the Brazilian style. And it's just so it's just so good. And it goes really well with turkey and, and all the other fixings for, for Thanksgiving. Um, you know, every year we have a little bit of an adventure on Thanksgiving and whether, you know, we always forget one thing. And this year we were supposed to make um, a sweet potato casserole or whatever it is with marshmallows and stuff. Um, now, I've never made it before. So I picked up I thought I was picking up potatoes at Whole Foods, right? Because they had marshmallows and sweet potatoes right next to each other. I was so sure I was doing this right. They were purple. I, I thought it was great. I, you know, I get up early the next day to start prepping for Naira <laughs> and I start peeling them and they're white on the inside and now i'm freaking out so i go on a literal 45 minute adventure all around like the northeast part of massachusetts like out it almost feels like hours um by the time i get home i finally have it and we cook it and man just (laughs) this is not the first time we've had to go on a last minute adventure so it was good everything was fine but man it's just another one another one in the books how about you how was your thanksgiving Man, it, it was good. You think just when you think you have everything, something yes. pops up the morning of, and you're like, "Oh, I need that." It wouldn't have been so bad had I not the night before been so adamant and like making fun of the fact that we go every day or every Thanksgiving to have to pick something else up. And I was like, "Are you sure we have this? Are you sure we have this? I can go to the store right now." Oh no, we're good. Oh, man, I looked like such a dork. <laughs> it's all good. Um, our Thanksgiving was good. I made. I made the whole spread this year. Yeah. Um, the, did the turkey and everything. I brined the turkey for the first time. So to, like I said, last last episode, my first turkey I ever made was two years ago. Yeah. And I made one last year. But this year I brined it and did everything. Yeah. It, it was the best turkey that I've, I mean, a small sample size, but <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It just retained all the juice and it was, oh, oh man, I will, I will be bragging about that for a while and going, <laughs> going forward. Now Camille is just like in the future, we're sh- for sure making the, the turkey in our family. Yep. So, yep. yep, you know, minus if we go to her, her dad's house, cause I will still give that, that to Tim yeah. all day. <laughs> but other than that, it was really good, man. It was, it was fun. Um, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. You know what didn't go well on Thanksgiving? What? Watching football. And why is that, Mike? <laughs> well, because I couldn't watch my favorite team play. Huh. Maybe because of a lack of organizational control? Oh, that's a really, really great way to put it. I'm just telling you, I'm coming out the gate hot today. I'm, I'm, I'm heated. It's been a week. You know, and that's fair. But with that being said... Let's jump into our first topic. So Matt, Patricia, since we're on the subject of talking about Thanksgiving and not going so well, (laughs) I have a feeling that his Thanksgiving did not go well because not only did they get embarrassed on national television, which seems to happen uh, being a uh, Detroit Lions player and fan, but he got fired, what, Monday? Or did they even wait till Monday? Did, Did he get fired on Sunday? I think they waited until I think they did it Sunday. Oh, how courteous of them. <laughs> but anyways, either way, he got fired. Here's the thing. It, it sounds really bad because you and I talk on the podcast and we talk about coaches who we think are going to get fired. And in and, and no way do I really want to call for someone's job. But at, at some point, you kind of just have to say, like, it's just not working out. Right. And for him, it was, what, two years, three years? I think his record was like... 13, 29 and one, he just had to go. Nothing was working. They've regressed so hard. 
I honestly just don't know why they let go of Caldwell to begin with. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you also saw what, like with Darius Slay and some of the other receivers that they had got or not receivers, sorry, other players that they had gotten rid of over the, over the Patricia tenure um, were saying, right? Like all those little like petty eyes slanted tweets and stuff like that. Like it's, you know, this, we said this time and time again on the podcast too, about Belichick disciples, um, trying to impose like the new England system on other teams. It just doesn't fit everywhere. And you have to, you have to coach the players. You can't just bring in a system and expect them to fit it. Yeah. And, and players aren't dumb. Like, yes, you came from new England right? and you have the super bowls to go with it, but you have those super bowls as a defensive coordinator, not a head right. coach. Right. So the players aren't dumb. They know it's not your system. It's not your philosophy. You're just taking someone else's and putting it as yours. Not to discredit the the brilliance of him defensively, but you can't just tote that and be like, oh, this is what I've done. This is what I have. I have this because it's not all you. And right. I I don't know. It looks like, as of right now, uh, the only two coaches that are working actually, I, you know, it is two because Vrabel wasn't even a coach. He was a player. So I'm not going to give yep. him credit for coming under the Belichick tree, yep. but Flores seems like he's got it correct. And Joe judge looks like he has something. So who would have thought that it would have been the, what was Flores? The like assistant a, defensive coordinator a linebackers coach, which is why Van Oy went down there. Gotcha. So you have like, a specialty coach. And then you have the special teams and wide receivers coach who are, who are doing better than the, the defensive coordinators, the offensive coordinators uh, that are coming out of new England. Right. But I mean, let's give Bill Belichick credit. He has been such a master of getting rid of, um, how do I put this? Um, dysfunctional appendages uh, a couple of years before they're ready to be lopped off uh, for, for quite some time. Um, and you could make the argument, sorry, Cam, about Brady and the Bucks, even that there are have been games this year where he's just regressed so much that he wouldn't have been able to keep New England even at the same level that they were last year. Um, and, and and when you're looking at coordinators, looking at all of the Belichick coordinators who have left or come back or have tried to start on their own, it hasn't been pretty except for Judge um and except for Flores currently, but I mean, it's still yet to be seen what they're able to do. It just seems as though it's working now. And I have, you know, we have a little bit more of an affinity for special teams coordinators uh, than perhaps position coordinators, uh, seeing as Belichick himself being a defensive minded coach would have been able to help Patricia in areas like he helps his son today. Yeah. So who do you think? And I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I've seen a couple names thrown out there, but uh, what, coach would you like to see go to Detroit? I think, I think the would be my number one head coaching prospect. Um, I, I just think that until he gets a, a, a head coaching job, it's it every, every single one should, should be circling his name. I don't know who will get the job. I, I don't even want to forecast who should get it because I, I just have a hard time wondering and thinking and trying to pinpoint what the problem is with that organization. You, it's easy to look at teams like the Browns, terrible ownership. And it just kind of, it just trickles down to from the, the GM to the head coach, to the coach, other coaches and to the players. So it's top, top down, same with the jets, but I don't know what it is with Detroit. It seems like their owners are kind of hands off. Are they just hiring the wrong people? Is it the drafting that they're doing? Is it just the coaching? Like, what makes that organization so bad? Because the owner came out and was, you know, her statement was, I'm going to do everything to, to bring a winning or like to bring winning back to mm -hmm. um, Detroit. God, what is her name? Sheila Ford Hamp, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sorry. Well then. All right. So her, her quote was, I will do everything I can to bring you a winner. Okay. But you said something similar with Matt Patricia. So I don't, yeah. What, what have you been, of, a, of a really decent coach in Caldwell? Yeah. So it's like, what have you been doing this entire time? You've been running this team. Like, I'm not going to say that you haven't tried, but what message does that send? Like, okay, yeah. you'll do everything to do it now. Okay. Well, why didn't you do that before? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, I just don't know what, what they're, what they're going to do, but, 
but they as an organization have just been for lack of a better term, spinning their wheels in the mud for, for decades, it seems. And, uh, you know, the, the Browns have been bad since, you know, whatever we were talking about on the group chat since like 1990, uh, 1999, when they, when they came back in the league after they left for Baltimore. But it feels like the Lions have been bad for longer. Yeah. Last thing I'll say on this, I think it just says a lot. And this kind of goes to my point about like, I don't understand. Yeah. I think it has, yeah. it has to do something with ownership mm. because you have two of the best players at their positions who retire early. It's like, is it because, and that's Barry Sanders and then Megatron. Is it because they don't want to play for that organization anymore or their bodies break down? Like, why did they just stop? Is it injuries? You know what I mean? Like injuries may have something to do with it, but I'm sure organizational wise probably played some sort of factor. Sure. Absolutely. It's hard. It's hard to say that it, it, it hasn't obviously. Yeah. So let's move into our winners and losers of the weekend. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? No, go ahead. So uh, I'll start with my losers. <laughs> I have four losers this week. All right, let's hear them. But, well, five technically, but so I have the Jeez, Ravens. You want to just you just want to go up to ten? Hey, man, look, <laughs> you're gonna really enjoy this section. So whatever. Okay, let's do it. I have the Ravens, the Raiders, the Jets, the Texans, and the NFL as my losers this week. All right, let's let's tackle I'll those be, one I'll, by one. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. The Ravens, because they've had an internal organizational like collapse <laughs> uh, in 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 COVID protocol. Two, the Raiders, just for what a pitiful performance they had on the field against the the Falcons. And you know, you talk about overlooking a team. The Falcons have struggled for a very long time. They are in in the midst of of a, a middle coach firing in the middle of a season. They're still talented. They still have players. And if you, what it felt like was the Raiders just didn't prep for this game. Um, And and so to me, that was, that was a loss. Uh, Yeah. Let's, let's stay on that one for a second. Cause they Raiders were one of my losers too. So I want to touch on that. (laughs) And I was telling Camille during the game. Cause at one point it was, Oh, Raiders are down 13 to three. And then I told her, Oh, they're down 23 to six or 23 to three. And I was just like, wow, this just seems weird. We went and ran an errand, or I think we took, um, I think we took the puppy to the park, and we came back. And I'm like, forty three to six. Yeah. What the hell happened? Yeah, yeah. And I just, I told her, I was like, man, I feel so dumb. Mike and I were so high on the Raiders last week, as was everyone else. Yeah. How do you let something like this happen? And to me, my first thought was, they just overlooked the Falcons. They thought, yeah. okay. We're, we're, we're good. We're going to, this is going to be an easy dub. We just pushed the chiefs. You know, we almost, yeah, but it also lost. Whatever we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, Oh, we'll, we'll take care of the Falcons. Right. But no, the Falcons came to play, you. baby. Oh my God. And you know, I was reading something and let me, let me pull it up just so I can. Yes. Do it. Um, archive just this. so I can. Yes. <laughs> so someone was saying that, this game was very similar to last year when they went and played the Jets and they lost to the Jets by 31 and the Jets were three and seven. The Raiders then went and lost, was it losing their last five of six games oh and missing goodness. the playoffs. Oh so goodness. I'm not saying that it's going to happen again, but for the same, for this to happen at the same point right. this year, as it did last year, you're, there's kind of a cause for concern. Yeah. I still, I think the Raiders still have a chance. Like, I don't think sure. I'm writing them off completely, but <laughs> I definitely have taken a step back from them uh, as I did than I did last week, which sure. feels, you know, just feels weird because of how, you know, much I was praising them. <laughs> so no, shame on, think- shame on you Raiders or shame on me. I'm not sure. Well, it depends. Have you had them up there before and they've, they've kind of gotten your hopes down this season? Cause isn't it, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I don't know. I've never been this high on the Raiders before, okay. so I guess I'll just give it a pass. If I was a fan for them, then I guess I would just say shame on me for thinking that things would change. Yeah. But I've never been this high on them, so I'm just going to say, like, hey, this is just a bad game. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So uh, let's move on. What else? What? what who were your other losers? Uh, just, it, it, well, the, the Jets, because – 
Joe Flacco is the best quarterback they have for that that offense right now. Um, and I, I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact uh, that Adam Gase is literally the worst coach I've, I think I've ever seen professionally. Um, did you hear that press con? Did you hear or see that press conference where he got called out about the play calling? No. Was this like this? Was it this week? Yeah, it was after the game. Someone, a reporter asked him about who's calling the plays because apparently someone else is calling the plays, um, but he claims right. he's calling them or something. It's something right. weird like that, but then they're just like, oh, well, we watched on this third down play. We watched, you know, so-and-so coach wasn't even saying a word. So who was calling that play? And he was like, oh, you know, I was in that situation. I wanted to get like a two-minute drill going. And then they, they pressed him again. And he was just like, what point in the game was that? Like, what what down are you talking about? I'm just like, oh, my God, dude, you were terrible. Get him. The fact that he still has a job, man. I, I don't Move know closer. I'm sorry. I don't know what they're holding on to with him. Um, I just I, I don't know what the fascination from an organizational standpoint is with with keeping him because you're not keeping consistency. You're not like you're not helping any of your players develop. You're not doing them any favors by keeping a bad coach there i mean this is just it's sad to watch a lot of good players are having their talent wasted watch i mean here's my my like i don't know how, how would i call this um if i was a uh whatever i just think that when darnold goes somewhere else he's going to be wicked successful um and i don't unlike rosen i think that that darnold is truly suffering from uh, uh, a lack of of actual coaching and ac- an actual coach who wants him as a quarterback. So then, uh, the other team that I that I had was the the Texans. And man, they what? <laughs> <laughs> here's my here's why they're losers to me. It has it, it's not even about how many people that they've just had test positive for PEDs. It's the fact that somebody who has tested po- positively in the past multiple times is in your strength and conditioning room. Like the fact that Brian Cushing works for them, like organizationally, and then this is happening. Are you, are you shocked at all? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say like you're surprised by that. I don't feel bad. You, You know, in the, in the group text last night, I made a joke about that's why the Packers didn't trade for, uh, trade for him. God, what is his name? Uh, Brian Cushing. No, God, what is his name? The wide receiver, Will Fuller. You know, in our group text, I I made that joke about that's why the Packers didn't trade for Will Fuller's because they knew uh, they (laughs) they had heard something. Yep, through the grapevine, and that's why. But here's what here's what I'm going to say on that. I this is going to sound controversial. I don't care if players take steroids or PEDs because at the end of the day, it's going to have the effects on your body. Now, does it give you a competitive advantage? Yes, it does. But sure. People and people in baseball, when they take it, I'm like, you know, whatever it has the effects on your body. You're going to have to deal with that. Uh, if you want to do it for a paycheck, more power to you. Like, is it slimy? Yeah, but if it's going to get you that paycheck and you take a slap on the wrist for like an 80 game suspension or in this instance, a six game suspension. okay, it's going to benefit you in the long run, like it hurts your team and you're kind of like a crappy person for doing that. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of just like people more often than not are always going to do what's best for them. And if taking something and getting suspended for a couple games will get them that X million dollar paycheck to go and be financially secure for the rest of their life, uh, who am I to complain? I may not like it as a fan, but part of me understands it. You know what I mean? Sure. But here's the thing. If you're going to do that and you know you're doing it, I do not want to hear uh, I took some supplement and I thought it was okay. And then uh, the league told me it wasn't. So my bad. I'm so sick of hearing that, that oh, excuse. Yeah. Own it. If you're going to do that, own it at least at the very least own, own the fact of what you did. Yeah. I hear you. Absolutely. Do you have I any only, other? I had one more loser. 
Okay, who? It's the NFL it's as a whole. Um, a lot of this this podcast is going to be talking about the the schedule shifting with with COVID nineteen, and one of the main points that, that will be brought up uh, will be about the disparity between um, two different outbreaks that that happened. And there are a lot of facts and, and a lot of reasons and determinations that were made by the NFL um, into why they adjusted the schedule the way that they did. Um, and I, I think that they, 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 they're holding a massive L this week because I, I think that it's, it's abs- absurd that they, they had such a colossal failure from a clear communication standpoint, because they, what all they needed to do was explain the differences in the cases and why their determinations were different for two outbreaks based in the same NFL week if they had been able to contextualize that better so that people could read it and look at it and, and have all the facts and make their own determinations, you would see a much, in my opinion, a much better and, and holistic response from people. But now you just have people on all these different sides you know, with half cocked theories and, and tinfoil hat conspiracies and all this, this BS when really it's like we're in the middle of a, of an unprecedented pandemic and we're trying to have a, a sports season. Congrats to us for even being here. Yeah. And I know you have more to say on that. So let's, let's talk about that in the next, in our next topic. Who would you have for losers, Greg? So I had two, we just talked, we talked about the Raiders. Actually, I guess there's three, uh, the Raiders being one. Yeah. I say the Rams only because you and I have talked about this and divisional games are always always tough. No matter how good you are, someone can beat you in your division. You see them twice a year. Sometimes they just have your number, but for, and if this was a normal year and you got swept by the Niners, I wouldn't think anything of it. But the fact that the Niners have had what 20 something people on the IR X number of people with COVID, like so many games, not just in one, but between. Well, yeah. And just, this their season entirely like Shanahan should be up there for coach of the year for what he's doing with, with the limited number of players he has. And for the Rams to get swept by the Niners, I'm just like, come on guys. Like that, that shouldn't be happening. I don't know. They just, they took an L on that one. Maybe they, it was just a air quote trap game because they came off the big win on Monday night in Tampa Bay. So that's why I'm not putting too much into that loss because of the divisional, you know, divisional game and they came off the Monday night game. But at the same time, I'm like, you should win that game. There's no reason why a depleted team like that should beat you. Yeah. And I think, I think your guy Colin had a really good point about that today too, talking about um, how golf has been such a liability these last couple of weeks. And, you know, he, you know it, it, what? What it seems to me as as an amateur viewer is that um, McVeigh's offense is very quarterback centric, and if he can't make the throws or if he becomes a pain point in the offense, it doesn't work. Um, and and so, couldn't you say that about almost every offense though? Yes and no, because if you look at Tennessee or you look at Cleveland and the way that they have transitioned their offense away from Baker and towards the running game much more. Um, I would argue that Baker missing on on some let, let's let's take this for example Baker missing um, how many throws in the end zone in the red zone last week um, still allowed them to win but but Goff having turnover after turnover has really been problematic for them and, and and I think that it's it's really hindered their offensive production because they don't have the same sort of running backs who are able to make any sort of chunk plays or to be a threat. Um, that will elevate their like the rest of their offense. Um, I don't have I don't have faith in the Rams running backs. I don't have faith that they're going to uh, put up 200 yards a game uh, and 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 force me to to worry about play action. Touche. And then my other one, I'll just keep it short because I know we're going to talk about it here in a sec. The Denver Broncos, like, you just I don't know how you can win a game in the NFL with no quarterback. Um, I understand the. Hinton played a little bit of quarterback in college, but you can't NFL is tough. You know, I was telling Camille, I think it's being a quarterback is extremely difficult. I have no idea how they know in their head. And it sounds so dumb, but and so simple, but the, the touch that they put on the balls to get it exactly where it needs to be, like how to, how to throw 
it just so precisely or how much power and you know what I mean? Like there's so much that goes into it. Reading defenses. It was just an uphill battle. You knew they were going to lose. There's, there's right. absolutely no way that the Broncos were going to win that game. Um, but respect to so, him for going out there. Yeah. I mean, someone had to do it, but I just also, I'm giving the L more to the offensive coordinator and to the team. Like, why were you setting up, setting him up for failure? Um, right. having him throw deep and all that stuff, like have some just screens and everything, work them into the game a little bit more, but right, they didn't. Right. So there's an L for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I know we'll talk, <laughs> we keep saying this, we're going to eventually have to talk about it, but I, I know we'll talk more Let's about, talk about it. it right now then. I mean, my winner's really good. Oh, oh, I forgot we had winners. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just focused on the bad. <laughs> everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the rest of 2020. <laughs> There's no happiness here. 2020 is where happiness comes to die. Next topic. Ravens COVID. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. All right. So let's, let's do our winners. Okay. All right. So my winner is actually, actually a really great one this, this week. It's a uh, Rigoberto Sanchez from the Colts. He's my only winner. The only person who I really cared won this week. Um, they were able to catch some cancer early with him. And he just tweeted out today that his cancer went the can the surgery to to remove it went really really well. So I'm just hoping, hopeful, and praying for his recovery. Um, and so for me, that's that's a win. That's a win for this week. Wow, that's awesome. That is truly a, a real winner for the week, right? All right. So my winner, yeah, uh, my winner of the week is I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings. How they would have lost that game with uh, what is his name, BB muffing the punt late in the game. And then he comes back and catches the was like short pass in the end zone for for the touchdown. So he completely made wow. up for you know his his uh, his blunder, his mishap. Which we're all human; we have those. Sure. But for him to for him to get the game winning touchdown, um, kind of you don't even remember that that happened, um, and you you won't hold it against him now. So I, I I love to see that. Also, I mean the fact that he's just like a backup, like he wouldn't even been in there. That normally would have been Thielen. So it's great to see that. Yeah. Yeah, that that video of Thielen's reaction was pretty priceless too. Stay tuned for more Thielen at the end of the episode. <laughs> it's more than a Thielen. All right, are we moving on? <laughs> oh, nice pun. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, let's let, let's move on. And Mike, I'm just going to let you run with this one because Yo, hold on. I know how pumped you are for this. So let's first let's just start out with the um, moving into topic two. Let's talk about the 49ers and having to move and not be able to play and practice in Santa Clara County. So their games are going to be played in Arizona at Allstate Stadium. And... I think uh, the fact that Shanahan is so upset that they found out on the plane or through a text or something like that uh, after their game, he's just like, oh, I think we should have found out differently. I'm like, I'm sorry. You guys are just an NFL team. Like, pump the brakes there. Like, you guys are not this. You're welcome for the stadium, buddy. Like, calm down. Yeah, you know what I mean? So when he get, I I understand why you're frustrated, but at the same time, I'm just like, you have to follow the rules that the county puts in place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, this is a great preface to to everything else we'll talk about in this section. You know, this year, um, even being able to have football with how unknown, how many unknowns there still are, has been phenomenal. And so for any team to really like push back against changes or alterations or, really like unfortunate and uncomfortable and unwanted like difficulties that they'll have to deal with. Like it's, it's, I'm sorry, but that's what you signed up for by not opting out. Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, I, we said this early, I think it was in the first episode at the end of the day, this is football. It's a game. I understand this is your job, but the coronavirus and this pandemic does not care what your profession is. You need nope. to follow these safety uh, guidelines that people are putting in place. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And teams and, and, and coaches and uh, officials will, will get so much heat for the decisions that they make. But I mean, at the end of the day, it might look like they're trying to hurt another team, but really it's to save lives. And like, this isn't more important than that, in my opinion. Yeah. So moving on to the Ravens and Broncos, Mike, take it away. Look, the, these situations are different. Uh, and this is where I'll start. 
the Ravens and the Broncos had two very different COVID-19 situations develop. Um, and I, look, I, I wrote this whole thing. There's so much I could say, but really it, it just comes down to the fact that the Ravens had nine straight days of players becoming COVID positive. All, you know, it, it could have been from one person, which just shows how, how highly contagious this disease is. And the fact that that one person made awful choices and, and jeopardized an entire organization for their own selfishness because they didn't want to listen to anybody else and they wanted to have their own ideas about things that you aren't an epidemiologist being a strength and conditioning coach. Like, in my opinion, you should be listening to the people who are establishing guidelines so that everyone can be safe. Because as we've seen, one person potentially can cause an entire cascade effect of multiple days of positive tests. And from the NFL standpoint, they can't let you go play another team if there have been people testing positive, even if they're on IR. Because what if there's a false positive, somebody goes out and plays, and then everybody else on another team experiences the same sort of outbreak? And so from, from my perspective, it's very different than having four people from one position group test positive, which is unfortunate. But when you have such a, a long rolling rolling po- rolling positive tests, it, 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 and you're not able to be practicing, you're not able to be in, in your facility, you're not able to, to be prepping for an away game. There are so many other factors that, that, are, that are playing in than, than simply having four people test positive, which, which in and of itself is, is so concerning. But I, I feel like they're very different, and this is and this is to the point that I was saying earlier that I really think the NFL really should have done a better job of um, explaining what the guidelines were and why there was a differentiation in guidelines between these two organizations, which were having what you could argue was a COVID outbreak. What, uh, sorry, which you could argue that both were having COVID outbreaks, but what makes one different than the other? It it it, it sucks that. It had to to move this game so much, but it's it's a blessing that they're able to play it. And the fact that these play, that these players are getting paid, like at the end of the day, the only thing that, re- that has really changed is the dates between, or sorry, is about a, a couple extra days of rest. So we've we've been back and forth about this a lot. You you are very well versed in my position. I probably didn't explain it very well, but like, what's the deal? Like why? Why is there so much pushback against what the league has done? And 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 what's your opinion on all of this? I'm going to go on mute so I don't yell at you. No, I mean, I, I guess I just don't really have a strong opinion on it. I just think the NFL is doing their best. They're trying to, like you said, they're trying to get everyone paid. They're trying to get these games done. They would rather get all the games done within 17 games and not have to push the season back or anything. I get that. I, I understand all that. But it just seems weird from the outside, not knowing and getting bits and pieces from social media here and there from different teams, why the Broncos got to play and then why uh, without, you know, their quarterbacks and then the Ravens who have consistently had more people. And there's just some things that I don't understand. So I'm not going to get worked up about it. I think it's, the whole thing is just weird. I understand it's player safety. You want to try and make the best choice that you can to play these games within reason. But at the same time, I'm just like, I, if you're going to push the game back another week and it's going to affect all these other, I, I guess at the end of the day, I just feel bad for the Steelers. This is the second time this has happened to them this season where they had their buy pushback. They've had this game pushback again. So oh, no doubt they're just the losers in this whole thing, which is yep. unfortunate because uh, they haven't had any huge right. outbreaks. So teams that are following protocols and doing it right are being affected by teams and organizations that are just having a lack of control and oversight within their own organization. So those are the true losers of this whole thing. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I, I really, I feel for them. Um all right, so next up we have the NFL Power Rankings. Uh, this one is probably turned into one of my favorite uh, topics that we have. So, Mike, starting starting with number 10, who do you have? Uh, I have the Seahawks at 10. For my number 10, I don't know if you're – you probably wouldn't like this, but I have Cleveland. Interesting. I mean, they've earned it. They're 8-3. and three. Yeah, I just really 
really like Stefanski and what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's adjusted so well. He really has. He's not letting Baker hurt them. Uh, that's what you have to do. Yep. And I think they draft a quarterback next year. Anyway, uh, <laughs> number nine, uh, I have the bucks. Oh, me too. Look at that. Wow. We're hanging out too much. <laughs> um, they're to me, they're just performing how I thought they would. I didn't think Same. that they'd go undefeated or go like 13 and three, but 10 and six, I think that's very realistic for them. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Me either. I, I agree. As long as they heat up within these next couple games and have that momentum going into the playoffs, they're fine. I mean, if, if that is, if Arians and Brady can like get over their egos and work with each other. Oh my God, dude, that is, <laughs> that is something we'll have to see. Number next eight. Week, next week. Yeah. Number eight. Who do you have? Uh, I have the Colts. Who do you have? I have the Rams. Ooh. I do not have the Colts in my top 10. Why do you have them in there? So I look, I am not, I, I really don't think Philip Rivers is their answer. I think Jacoby should be back in at, at quarterback, but I think I, I've enjoyed their defense. Um, I think that they, they put a, a licking on the Titans the first time they played. Um, and, I, and the Titans returned the favor last week. <laughs> very much, very much. They're, they're a little higher on my list. They've, they've come a long way since 11. The Titans have rather. Um, but you know, I think the culture are playing good ball. I think their defense is, is really solid. Subtweet at JP. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, no, but I, so I think the Colts have, have really come a long way in the last couple of weeks since they lost the Ravens. And um, I don't think that Rivers, as I said, is, is the answer at quarterback. I'd love to see Jacoby in there, but I think that they have a lot of a lot of great potential answers for the question marks that exist around them. And again, I still think that this list is just too tight um, between, I, I would argue, uh, numbers five all the way down to 10. I think any of these teams could beat and these other teams, the maybe my top five, I would feel uh, pretty confident could beat most of the other top 10. But these other ones, like I, I could see the Seahawks upsetting the Saints or upsetting the Rams, upsetting the Colts, you know, and vice versa. Who do you have for eight? The Rams. I, I just think that they're a good team. And I think that defense will carry them through games as long as Goff doesn't hurt them too bad. Like he yep. did last week that their defense this year will carry them. I really, like really happy with Kendall Fuller. You saw the petty. You saw the petty tweet from uh, what's his face, right? Um, who was it? One of the receivers they just played. Who did they just play? The Niners. Debo Samuel. He tweeted because uh, apparently Aaron Donald had been like, "Who is this?" And he like tweeted Aaron Donald like throwing his helmet off after they were they were beating them or something like that. It was very petty. Anyway, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, Debo Samuel. You, you're <laughs> you're not your name. <laughs> number seven uh, i have the bills i think they're starting to put it together um You're kind of like mid- I, th- midway through the season i it was just really hard like yeah you take away the hail murray and they i mean honestly they should have won that game but it, it was just a bad loss for them but they rebounded nicely and they're gonna win their division and i really like what they're doing offensively so We'll see where that ends up, but I like them. I think they could win a game in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I actually, I have them higher. So um, seven, I have the Saints. Why so low? Look, I I really like what they're putting together, but until Drew Brees comes back, I just don't trust Taysom Hill. I think that we've seen the experiment. We're we're good. Thanks. Next, put put Jameis in. We're done. And until they do, they're not going to be much higher. Because they aren't, they aren't, they well, they aren't going to get past a team with a like with a sorry Broncos, but like with a legit core, like with an actual NFL starting like backup quality so quarterback. If Breeze was there right now, where would you put them on your list? I mean, really, not that much higher. Breeze has has been good, but not like great. I think I'd have them probably at like five. Okay, these next two teams. Okay, I don't think that's ridiculous, but I have them higher. We'll we'll talk about that. Number six, I have. I just, I just think the hill the hill decision has been like really damning. Yeah, but you know, like we said, for four for four games, he'll get you three three or four wins. So yeah. I think it's it's not going to hurt them. Yeah. Number six, I have the Seahawks. Okay, okay. Why so high? I like what I've seen from them defensively in the last two weeks, and then offensively, you know what you're going to get, especially with Carson back. It adds a level of physicality with them. So I, I guess I just. Like Colin has said this, and I've stuck with it since. 
I don't know what their ceiling is, and that's what makes them dangerous. So that's why I'm putting them at six. How do you feel about their defense? It's still suspect, but Mm -hmm. they're doing enough to win the game. So, okay. So, but real, real fast and timeout looking at like the rest of the NFC teams you have on here. How do you feel like their defense stacks up to a Drew Brees led saints offense or uh, even half of how he's been playing better um, Rams offense? Even if they got swept by the Rams, beating a team three times in one year would be hard if they saw him in the playoffs. Um, against the saints, I don't know, maybe their defense wouldn't hold up, but that's why I have the Seahawks at six and I have the saints higher. So who do you have for six? I have the Rams. I just think that if, if, if Goff is, is rolling, he's rolling. Um, but if he is turnover prone, McTurnover face, then he's just going to have a really, really tough time. Um, and so I, like I said, I, I really think that the Rams are, very much um, as good as Goff will be. And you always make fun of me for this, but when I said California um, was a dark horse, it's because I've, I've, I've watched them for a very long time. And so I, I think that Goff can be um, a very elite NFL quarterback. He just kind of has to grow into it. And until he does, um, I think they're going to struggle. And like I said, I think that every, every team from, from five to 10 could beat another team on here and move up and down the entire ranking. Um, and I, I look, I, I hate to have to qualify it like that, but you know, the, the Rams defense, it, it, it's, it's good. It's good. And it's solid. And I think it, it would carry them um, through a lot of these games. Number five. Um, I have the bills at five. Uh, for my five, I went with the Packers and that's, uh, that's just because I think that four teams ahead of them, uh, if they were to play him, I don't think the Packers would win, but I think the Packers would be my six through 10. Yep. I think we're going to have a very different take on that. That's, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Who's your four? The Tennessee Titans. And cool. I, Same. I put them there. I did have the Packers originally, but I just thought if those two teams played, I think the Titans would do what the Colts did a couple weeks ago to the Packers and just keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline by running it with Henry. And I think that's the determining factor. If those two played hundred percent, hundred percent, which is why it's going to sound a little weird in two picks. Why I have the Packers at two. Who's your four Titans. Number three, I have Pittsburgh, Um, but they're not a solid three. I, I think the Titans could beat them. It just depends on what, what which Pittsburgh run defense shows up that day, to be completely honest with you. Um, if it's the Pittsburgh run defense that showed up the first time the Ravens played them, they're going to get smoked by the Titans. Um, so you know, it'll be... I'm so... I'm not sold on any team in here, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's fair. So for my three, I have the Saints. Uh, yeah. The fact that they just keep winning with... Hill as their quarterback says everything I need to know about the rest of their team. And Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, that was my question was who is this team? And the fact that they're, yeah, I understand that they played the Broncos last week and they didn't have a quarterback, but they're eight and three on the season, eight and three, right? Uh, On the season for a reason and they'd keep winning and no, they're nine and two. Okay. So, Even more, and I think it's what, like an eight-game win streak or something? So they're doing something right. And yeah, number three. So incredible. number two, who do you have? I have the Packers. Tell me why. I'm interested. So I I said that my five through ten are interchangeable because I think they could all beat each other. Um, My one through five, I think, are interchangeable. They could all beat each other, but they're a different tier team. And I think that there is something to the NFC AFC battle that would, when it would matter, like the playoffs, I think the Packers would be a little bit different of a team. Um, I do think that the Packers deserve credit for, for being the the best NFC team. Um, I think that they could beat Pittsburgh and could beat the Titans and could beat the Bills. But I also agree that they're de- it, it, they, but they would need everyone on their def- on their defense healthy, and they would need everybody on their defense to come with a little bit of a dog attitude that they don't usually come with. So it, it, it's 
all that's up in the air, but I would see them in my number one team in the Super Bowl before any of these other top 10 teams. Okay. And, you know, we were talking about the our top five versus the, you know, six through 10. And I had the Packers at five and the Saints at three, even though the Packers did beat the Saints. I just think if they played again, it would be a different game. So that's, that's kind of why I put the Packers underneath the Saints. Um, no, my, totally. I, I hear you. My number two, and I'm not going to talk much about it just because it's the same thing every week. It hasn't changed. Um, Pittsburgh's number two, Kansas City's number one. Pittsburgh's undefeated. That's why they're at two. But Kansas City, um, the show that they put on last, was it Sunday night? No, just Sunday against yeah. Tampa Bay in that defense. Um, wow. He'll put up 203 yards in the first yeah. quarter. That's JP said it right. Though That's what he de- does in Madden with Tyreek Hill. And I don't expect that against a Tampa Bay defense. Right. So Kansas city's number one. Makes sense. A, I got to agree. Casey's my number one too. Yeah. So moving into week 13. Wow, man, we are approaching the end of the season quick. The fact yeah. that today is December 1st. Yo, right. Blows my mind real quick before, before we hop into this, I'm going to ask you, yeah. Um, I meant to ask you earlier, but I'm just going to ask you now. Sure. When do you start decorating for Christmas? Dude, we have had this tree up since November 5th. <laughs> That's pretty early. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Naira's favorite holiday. It's mine too. Um, so I don't, you know, and I, she loves decorating. I like decorating. Um, it, it's just easier. It was easier. I'm not full. Of, I wasn't laden down with uh, Thanksgiving goodies. So I was able, it was a little bit easier. What about you? <laughs> in the past, I would have said it had to go up the day after Thanksgiving. I hear but, that. But I would say within last year and this year, I'm just getting it more. Christmas is my favorite holiday. So yours. Really? If, yeah. If it, if it were up to me, I would, yeah, I would, I would start decorating probably the beginning of November. Um, yep. I listen to music two weeks before Thanksgiving. I will watch. Yep holiday movies out personally i watched the grinch maybe like i would say in between 10 and 15 times during the yep. christmas season i love so that are it's you my watching, favorite movie are you watching the lifetime uh 24 hours of like holiday movies lifetime no mike i watch freeform like an adult would i'm you look, man <laughs> you can try and sound hard all you want man but man those lifetime movies are so nah man you're missing out lifetime lifetime's where it's at Lifetime gang over here in their own weird way. They're, they're fun to watch, you know? So (laughs) I love giving you a hard time about Christmas, Greg, but I love it. Christmas is my favorite holiday too. All right. So now actually getting into discussing week 13, what games are you uh, most looking forward to watching? Uh, I'm looking forward to the bills 49ers um, and the Patriots chargers um, and the Browns Titans. I just really want to see a lot of run uh, run game out of the Browns Titans. I hope Anthony Lynn can bounce back uh, as the Chargers uh, against the Patriots. I think that their pass block QB sneak was the worst play I've ever seen. Um, And for the Bills 49ers, I'm just looking for a good game. I think with the 49ers getting healthy, um, they might give the Bills a little bit of a run for their money. How about you? Yeah, uh, for sure. The Browns Titans. I think that one might be the quickest game of the weekend, if not the quickest game of the year. Raiders Jets Fair. only because of what I talked about earlier. Is this going to be a repeat of last year? Because if it is, oh man, I just I feel bad for Raiders fans. I really do. But that's the only reason why I would watch the Jets. The fact right. that I even mentioned them, you know, just hurts a little bit. Uh, Rams Cardinals. I think that would be really fun. So I think it's just those three games. I'm not. Uh, I guess the Bills and 49ers, that that would be a good game. But for sure that Monday or the uh, Sunday afternoon slate, I'll, I'll be watching. Yeah, some of these look great. If let, let me say this, and this is going to sound really weird. If Giants were healthy, and by healthy, I mean if they had, uh, what's his Big name? One. No, who's their quarterback? Daniel Big Jones. One. If they had him healthy... I wouldn't be surprised if they upset the Seahawks this weekend, but since he's not healthy, he's out. I'm not going to call it. Yeah, he's got a hand. Well, he could I knew possibly. He had I didn't know it was it was that serious. I don't think they've 
ruled him out officially, yeah. but I think it would be yeah. smart. Like, why would you play him this week? You're right. most likely going to lose anyways. But if right. they would have up, if you would have told me Sunday night, hey, Giants upset the Seahawks, I'd be like, okay, I could see it just by the way that the Giants have been playing. Nothing against the yep. Seahawks. It's another trap game. The Giants play extremely hard. That's all. I, I totally agree. Um, it's almost like somebody on this podcast, I think it was what, two weeks ago, said that he wouldn't be surprised and one of his big bets was the Giants winning the division. I mean, that's easy to say now. Like well, I said, if you, now, if you would have called ago? it at the beginning of the year. Oh, two weeks ago wasn't enough, Greg? Oh, you mean when, everyone in, the, when everyone in the division has t- three wins? Yeah, that's super hard I didn't hard hear you call. make a prediction like that, did you? Because that's not, that's not anything not, to did. brag about. I mean, it's not bragging. I'm just saying that I was right. Okay, hey, uh, I think yeah. the Chiefs are going to have the best record in the NFL this year and possibly go That's to the Super the Bowl. That's, That's a hot take, everybody. That's not the same. They're clearly the best team in that division. When you have a, a division of three and seven teams, that's a okay. little bit, a little bit more balls on the table. No, the Giants are playing the best out of that division. It, Yo, the it's Washington not hard to say. Great, what are you talking about? They're playing all right. I yeah, still think the Giants I mean, are playing better. No one in that division is playing well. Let's all be honest. Let's take a step back. <laughs> Let's approach this again. Them, uh, sorry, the Washington football team and the Giants are playing the best out of that division. Honestly, it was a toss-up between those two, and I went with the Giants because Daniel Jones, in my opinion, the way that they're playing, to your point, they're playing very hard. And okay, but- so is so the Washington football team, but I think I like the Giants' defense over Washington's a little bit better when they meet. I think they meet one more time this year, despite the fact that, um, that Washington football team's defense is playing out of their mind. But all all I'm saying is <laughs> I don't think you should be giving yours just like, okay. Let, okay. Let but me I get just, no credit ever for anything that I get right. So I'm going to, I have to like scringe and scram oh, and save for every little thing. Oh my God, Mike, I'm, I'm playing the violin for you. And so are our listeners. Oh, I'm sure they are. They're all agree with you. <laughs> Because Mike, they just want to uh, be right, oh, and they know it, they know listening to me is the right thing to do. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what's what's going to be your biggest surprise come Monday? Um, that if the Bills drop this game, it's not going to be the end of the world. Who are they playing? We just talked about this, right? We literally did, <laughs> and we're both looking up 49ers. 49ers. I think the 49ers are getting healthy at the right time. I, I don't think they're going to do much. Like I think that they're they're too far behind. They won't be able to catch the Seahawks. But I, I think they're getting healthy and they're they're a tough. They're they're playing hard. But I also think that a, a big overreaction is that Anthony Lynn, if they lose to the Patriots, is going to be done as as the coach of the Chargers. I think they'll give him one or two more years. Okay. What about you? What are your overreactions? Or what are you even excited to, to watch? Or wherever we were. I I would say after looking at this Bengals Dolphins. If Tua doesn't start again, I think people could just say from here on out that Fitzmagic should just start the rest of the year just because they're seven and four going into the playoffs. Uh, just roll with the hot hand, especially right. in you know the the playoff race they're trying to catch the bills who are also sitting at or who are sitting at eight and three. So this could be a good game for them right. to make up if if they Dolphins do win, so why not ride the hot experience hand of Fitz Magic? Yep. I hear that. And I, hear that. I just think, why not have Tua play and start? Like, yeah. you, you're, you guys are out overperforming this year, so what's? it's not like you're going to win the Super Bowl, so right. just, just let Tua start. Yep. But I, man, I would have said last year with how hard they played for, for, um, for their coach that they would have been even even this much better this year or that they would have been better this year and it, it's it's so hard to say they're overperforming um but like they are it, it's 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 weird um because like you know how, how good a coach Flores is and then you just see when, when he actually has some guys who can uh, execute his game plan it's it's really really impressive yeah player spotlight the player spotlight one of our favorite topics best topic that we do it's fun. So I know I told you I, I was going with Michael Thomas of the Texans this week, but I went ahead and changed it at the last minute. Okay. Um, and I Michael went Thomas with of the Saints. <laughs> uh, no, I know how you feel about him. Uh, no, I, I went with Adam Thielen of the Vikings. Oh, okay. And I, I went with him because of his uh, my cause, my cleats. Ooh, and I think okay, they're going to yeah. be rolling those out. 
I think it's next week. The videos in uh, it will be up on their website. So go ahead and check that out. It will be at NFL.com uh, backslash my cause, my cleats, but he has a foundation. It's called the Thielen foundation. And uh, what they try and do is him and his wife, Caitlin, they try and give back to the community uh, because as you know, Thielen was kind of one of those, I mean, he went to Minnesota state. I think he was undrafted, worked his way up. And now he's one of, you know, one of the top receivers in the, in the game today. He has a couple causes, but the one that made me choose him was his, my cause, my cleats is for mental health. And the Thielen foundation partnered with, M Health Fairview to educate and raise awareness for mental health issues among the youth. So what they do on their website, and if you go to thelandfoundation.org, they have um, questions that are responded to from Dr. Jessica. uh, It's either Cece or Chichi at M Health Fairview Medical. She's the M Health Fairview's medical director for child and adolescent psychiatry. So it's pretty cool on their website. It has just, uh, I think it's like 10 questions um, that people have submitted or common, most common questions that people have regarding mental health. And a doctor is answering them free and giving you information and background on, you know, how to approach people, how to help them out, what signs to look for. Um, And I think you've seen athletes in the last couple of years really speak out about some problems that they've had with mental health or family members that they've had with mental health. So I think it's really cool that Adam Thielen um, has made this one of the staples for um, his foundation. And then the other one is the Salvation Army Christmas. And I'm doing this one because it's it's obviously that season. So um, they, ho- they get into the holiday spirit by giving parents and children toys, clothing, and household essentials um, for Christmas time. And they have this huge event. They share meals and Adam Thielen and his wife, um, spend time with the families and just interact with them and get to kind of know them. Um, so if you want to learn more about that or learn more about anything about the Thielen foundation, go to thelandfoundation.org. That's awesome though. That's really good. That's a lot of stuff that that's important. Yeah. So Mike, what about you? Who'd you do this week? Did you change uh, it up on me? Like I changed it up on you? No, I'm what you would call consistent. Um, so Ooh, I'm shots with... fired. <laughs> no, I'm very inconsistent. But uh, I went with Ben Jones. Um, he plays for the Titans. Ben Jones and his wife Alex established the Jones Mission in 2017 um, to provide at-risk youth with opportunities they might otherwise not have. Um, they do this through grants, additional resources, and educational opportunities. Each year, they host the Ben Jones Celebrity Clay Shoot, a skeet shooting tournament. And for those of you who don't know skeet shooting, uh, if you look online, it'll be a gif of somebody throwing a what's called a pigeon, but it looks like a, a orange disc in the air to be shot. Um, <laughs> very different. A skeet shooting tournament to raise money for uh, local youth serving nonprofit organizations, which means organizations, or sorry, nonprofit organizations that serve youths or young people um through the through the 2019 clay shoot the zones mission was able to donate forty thousand dollars to endure athletics and forty five thousand dollars to preston taylor ministries with their grant the taylor ministries uh were able to open a new location for an after-school program um ben was also the official race starter for the shoney's 5k race benefiting the metro nashville police department um, con- continuing educations fund. Um, he also ran a free non-contact youth football clinic in his hometown uh, in Alabama over the summer in 2019. Uh, in addition to all of those, Ben has also been an involved advocate with his team in the Nashville area. Ben and his family love to give back, and in a year that has been as crazy as 2020. It's nice to read about 2019 men of the year who gave so much back to their communities. If you want to read more on Ben Jones, check out um, our show notes. Do you watch the new girl? Or yes, have you I watched it? Dude, you know for a fact I watched the new girl. Anytime I hear someone say youth, I just, I, <laughs> I hear Schmidt. The, Youths. <laughs> 
So that brings us to the end of another episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're not, you're you're really missing out. Mike puts out some great yeah. stuff on on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's where we're most active. Yeah, leave us a comment. Uh, we like reading those. We love reading those. So do your thing. Uh, thank you for supporting us as always, and hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you guys. Love you guys. Have a have a great rest of the year and a wonderful holiday season. Talk soon. See you next week.